Okay, our faithful listeners and beyonders and far beyonders, welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I'm your host, Justin, here with the full crew tonight, Dan Pomeroy and Jason Bales. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey. Thumbs up. They can't hear your thumbs up, Jason. Hey. <laughs> Howdy. Okay. okay, so excited to talk tonight. Right. We are going to... Um, Talk about some app-based, also known as augmented, dungeon crawlers um, for your tabletop. So, obviously, these are not your dungeon crawlers like a uh, uh, Diablo or, um, I'm blanking on things, or like an XCOM video game. These are actually tabletop games that you use technology to assist you in it. Similar to a topic that we talked about a couple uh, years ago, however... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to specifically focus on the dungeon crawlers. Because well, we're going to try to. We're going to try to. Yeah, we might. <laughs> we might. We might veer off into. As we always do. <laughs> but of course, before we'll stick we around for the next 260 minutes, as we <laughs> dive in. <laughs> Jason's favorite is when we break the 90 minute mark, and he's always yes. pinging us like, "We need to wrap this up." Yes. So, good times. But as always, we need to start with our Geek Week. So, Jason, kick us off, buddy. How was your Geek Week? Had uh, I, So, I've had a fun Geek Week. Justin, you were part of my Geek Week. We played I a... I think it was probably a 12-hour Kill Team game. Between At the, times, Jason, it felt like it. It felt like it, yeah. <laughs> all me. All me. I'm still learning my, uh, my Kill Team, playing the uh, Pathfinders. I feel like sometimes it's like Justin's like, okay, I'm going to attack him. Okay, cool. He's like... Justin's like, okay, you're gonna roll some dice, right? I'm like, oh, right. And then I like open my book. Like, okay, how do we do this? <laughs> like, uh, third game though, so I need to, I need to be figuring this out now. You're, you're getting there. I mean, I'm like, getting there. I'm getting yeah. there. Like they, it was we, feeling more natural. Yeah, we played uh, orcs versus pathfinders, and the last two times we played, we played out of the kilt with a Chalneth book, which mm -hmm. I think those missions were they were made for. Uh, pathfinders and um novitiates right yeah the sisters and we played them orcs versus pathfinders and man it, it, i uh is pretty rough for me those yeah. first two games but this game we played a, just a normal one out of the out of the Horrible book I didn't, you remember what yeah. it was called it was just one of the first ones yeah 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 uh, just one of those like you know basically control an objective kind of thing uh, and I did a lot better this time. I I still played, I think, too slow. I need to speed up. But, but I'm as I'm getting more comfortable, I think that'll that'll come. But uh, this one I only lost by it was like a five point spread. It was like seventeen to twelve or something at the end. So we I felt a little some, bit. Yeah, we did some math that uh, like if you had made a couple other choices, yeah, it would have died actually. So yeah, so I think it was. Um, I'm I'm figuring the war band out <clears throat> a little bit. I'm getting a little more comfortable with the actual rules of the the uh the units so that um so i can think about the actual victory conditions a little bit more uh but yeah i mean you're you're i think you're all ready to go man it's your turn it's like okay this guy's moving and he's gonna go and then it's my turn i'm like <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> oh, and i'm like yeah. okay well i'm gonna those go those early to days I'm... yeah those <laughs> early days of age of sigmar and Warcry, you know but uh I think I'm uh, I think I'm a little bit better in Warcry now. I just kind of roll with it, but uh, it's still you're just a you're a very strategic thinker. I think right? it comes from years and years. Well, not years and years, but 
I had a period of time in my life was I was a pretty avid chess player. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, I think, drilled some some looking ahead mm-hmm. kind of stuff into me that I sometimes I need to just put that behind me and play. But that was one part. It was a lot of fun. Looking forward to playing more Kill Team. Um, it's a So far, I'm really liking the game. I think once I get more comfortable with it, I'm going to like it even more. The, la- mm-hmm. the second thing I did was uh, I'm trying to paint up my ATST in my uh, Star Wars Legion Blizzard box. And I am struggling with the color of gray that I want to use on this thing. Um, I don't have, I have the Pro Acrylic set, basic set, which actually doesn't have gray in it. Mm. Um, so I've been trying to mix the black and the white. Oh, don't do to that. To get to that perfect level uh, color. Do, just buy gray. a gray. Get a yeah. Vallejo gray. So I, I do have some grays. I was just trying to stick with the uh, Pro Acrylic set, but I've yeah. noticed that. Um, there's a significant amount of blue in their either in their black, I think, because when I, yeah, when I mix the when I lighten it up with the white, it doesn't go to gray. It goes to like a bluish hue. Yeah. And I was kind of struggling with that for a little bit. So then I just went and got a couple different grays that I already had in a different paint set. I'm just going to do that and then throw a throw a black oil wash on it to kind of blend them all together. But uh, then, then I'll have a, a giant part of my Blizzard box all painted. I got all the snow troopers done, so looking nice. forward to getting that on the table. That's yeah, me. Very good, very good, very good. Uh, Dan, how was your geek week? Well, I can't tell you how many hours I have pre-poured into my Revenge of the Sixth narrative game, which is four players, three versus one. Uh, X-wing, then Legion, then Armada, all contiguous games trying to figure out how to make the rules support the story and then making sure that characters are representative from one one game to the next in the right way uh jay's jay is on the hook to attend that as well as a couple other buddies yeah man i'm bringing my snow troopers yeah you got to bring those i need a vader i don't want to glue or i don't want to glue and paint vader and snow troopers so you got to bring them but um, the trick is, is to be as true to each game as you possibly can without um, setting up a, a scenario that's designed for a specific outcome, right? So you're going to do a narrative campaign and you have to have enough contingencies in the game setup. So if the unthinkable happens, it doesn't ruin the next two games in the sequence. Mm. So what I've done is, is I've decided that the first two games I'm doing like equal point lists for both sides, right? Total equal game. So the first game, everybody who survives gets to be bonus points in the second game, right? So if I get decimated and these guys kill me and all their guys survive, that's just icing on their cake of the next equal game and, mm-hmm. and or vice versa. Um, and then we'll use the victory points of the third game um and to figure out exactly who won the day so we're doing a 12-hour game session 9 30 to 9 30 and we'll see how it goes i've already been informed that i have to take a one-hour break for soccer i have to take my son to soccer at one o'clock so you guys will have lunch at that time and i'll be schlepping my kid to and from to and from (laughs) soccer which will be awesome. But uh, there will be a lot of caffeine consumption, most likely. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's like a mini con in my house for a day. That'll be fun. That sounds Uh, so cool. I'm super jealous. I can't make it, but 
my son is competing in his semifinal playoff game. So yeah, rugby. Can't. Yep. Yeah. 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 Nice. They went un- they went undefeated in the regular season. So they're oh. looking to push for the championship. Nice. So well, it's one of those things I can't miss, of course, right? Yeah, well, you're the coach, that. right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you going to be there? Well, my buddy's holding a nine-hour yeah, Star Wars yeah. game. Yeah. What? So that's when you say, guys, this whole season has been brought up to this point, your ability to run yourselves as a team. I'll see you later. <laughs> right, Bye. exactly. exactly. Yeah. You've, you've exceeded my ability yeah. to teach you. Yeah. I cannot teach you anymore. <laughs> coach I yourself, will go coach roll yourself, dice. And so I've accumulated all of these games are so token and little card heavy. So I've spent yeah, hours little, yeah. pre-packaging every single piece with all of its little pieces mm-hmm. and tokens and chit chats and chits and all of those things. I'm I'm it's like it's 80% ready to go at this moment. In fact, so nice. I'm uh, I'm excited nice. about that. So yeah. Um, the other thing is uh, on Friday we're uh, I'm in a uh, an ongoing Genesis Shadows of the Beanstalk game, which is the cyberpunk Ooh, you know dark fun. future. I like that. And uh, we played it for a couple years, and then we put our characters. They got real powerful. We started a total separate universe, separate game, separate everything, and then we went back, and we've brought new characters. And so what we're trying to figure out now is how we want to integrate the old powerful characters with the new characters that we've also built that are not necessarily like uh you know master and padawan nothing like that at all mm-hmm. it's totally mm-hmm. separate so it's kind of a fun rpg challenge to ask ourselves okay what do we we, we really like this there's things but we liked about the old characters they can kick too much butt but what kind of stories are still compelling at high level and but we also like all these new characters we just introduced that are a bunch of newbies and, and yeah. how can we synthesize that? So we um, we have a one hour or maybe a two hour planning session. Uh, 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 this is a session zero point zero zero. It's like we've already done a whole campaign, we've done two campaigns, and now we need to do another session zero to figure out okay w- what happened in the last six months since we mm. played the main characters. So um, that's well, who's this exciting. gaming group with? Uh, I have a friend who I went to high school with who lives in the area. I live three time zones away from my uh, high school that I grew up from, but one of my gaming friends is in town and I play with her husband and a couple other friends we've made along the way. And they're great. These are the ones you were running the Star Trek campaign with. Yeah. I've done Trek with them. I've done. These are his other friends. Force and destiny. Yeah, they don't want to listen to this podcast. I pitched it so many <laughs> times. They're like, no. Yeah, I'm we like, know. Well, They're the other friends. We get yeah, it, man. The, the what, other friends. What about GuildCon? You want to come to our little right. mini convention? What They're they... like, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know. It's okay. It's okay. To them, to them, we are the other friends, right? The other friends. Yeah. 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 So it's going to be one of those where like, like one night, one night we're like, Dan can't come. He's, he's playing with his other friends. And we just, oh, I forgot I could drop this thing at dance off. And I go and there's like little stuffed animals in all the seats around the table <laughs> <laughs> with little name tags. Like, I'm like, Dan. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Hillary Rodham like, Kitten. Yeah, right. Think about Hillary Rodham Kitten. <laughs> right, <nice. yeah. laughs> It'll probably be like that scene in Shaun of the Dead. Where oh, he yeah, runs yeah. across the neighbor and it's like the exact opposites of everybody. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> the girlfriend was like the boyfriend, and it's just like it's, it's total like mirror match of like, you know, 
his friends here. I so. should watch, yeah. that, watch that movie again. It's been a oh, while. Oh, it's so good. It holds <laughs> yeah. up. It totally does. I showed yeah. it to my kids, and my, my, my daughter and son loved it. They thought it was so funny. Yeah. So... It's a great one. Yeah, it's great. Well, it's your your turn to talk Geek Week now, Justin. Oh, okay. So uh, Jason hit the kill team side of things. So that was five hours. I won't get back on a Friday night. Um, you know. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I had, that sounds so fun. <laughs> I know. I had nightmares that night. I woke up the next day. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry for taking so much time. I dreamed that I was at a tournament, like over timing, like taking too much time, and everyone was getting mad at me. <laughs> Like, Jason okay, literally was. This is something I've got to work on. Yeah, yeah, he was profusely apologizing. Like as we we're leaving the next morning on Sunday, he's like, "I'm really sorry for taking so much time, buddy." I'm it really wasn't sorry. as bad when we were learning Age of Sigmar together because we both took the same amount of time. This, yes. But you're you like you've got this down already. You're just like, yeah, this guy's moving. He rolls. He's got a blah blah blah. This is special abilities. Like, dude, you've like studied this book back to front already. For I the record, a bunch of guilty videos. That's that's what it came down to. For the record, I believe it is a well-established fact on this podcast that Jay criticizes his kids for taking too long on their turn. Yes, <laughs> yes, he does. He does. I told I, do. I told Jay that I'm going to give him a chess clock. Yeah, like, give me clock. a chess clock. Give it to me. Give it to me. We're just abusing Jay. So, so I, I don't I, I don't mind it as much if you're paying attention. The problem with my kids is. They're not paying attention yeah. when it's their yeah. turn. It's true. Jay is paying attention. He's just thinking a lot. Too much. Too much paying attention. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, you guys okay. got to so, help me. Just say, Jay, move. Go. Just go. Just go. Just go. So the, the thing that I want to talk about, though, is I, I got my um, 3D printer up and running in my Ender 3 Pro, and mm. I love this thing. Oh, my gosh. It's, it prints so much better than my Asus A8. Uh, my ace has had problems kind of out of the box it just i mean it's a knockoff chinese prusa yeah and prusa it, like, it did it did fine but it's you know i mean the prusa was one of the first like commercial 3d printers that you can get, get the ender box. what the ender 3 pro so and i really 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 like it yes it's really good so i started um printing out this thing called the warganizer it's like an organizer for your war games. The Worganizer. I thought so, it was an organizer for your wargs. You know, those big wolf guys from... I mean, you could probably put wargs in there if you want. They do have universal trace. But if you're looking at our podcast on YouTube right now, um, you will see some pictures here. So this is kind of what it, it looks like um, as it pulls up, right? It's got a little, nice little handle on the top. You've got a, a, a space in the back for your books right there. Um, you got trays for your minis up top, and this is my favorite part. You got trays underneath that you can hold your cards, your measuring sticks, your barricades, your dice, all your little tokens that are like get everywhere in my box. And it's just one handy little carrying case that you can go. Everything's 3D printed. Um, I saw a guy at Adepticon that had this for his war uh, Warcry stuff. And it was awesome. It's just a great little carrying case and it has it all one thing. I just love the idea of being able to kind of grab and go, like have, you know, I'm going to print out one for uh, Kill Team. I'm going to print out one for Warcry. And um, they have cool little face plates too. Let me see if I can show you. Uh, oh, no, they didn't show that. But you, um, they've got cool little face plates that you can download. Um, that that changes. So you can also print out stuff for um, uh, right here. You've got Star Wars Legion. 
let me show you these cool faceplates that you can print out, right? So if you want like a Galactic Republic, if you want uh, a Mandalorian right here, you know, a credit symbol type of thing. The black, I think that's Black Sun right there, right? Isn't that Dan? It sure is. Yeah. And then you, and then on the side, so that you can see right here, this is the faceplate where it is. And then on the side, you can print this mesh plate as well and really kind of customize it and personalize it as well. So I think they're awesome. I, I can't wait to use them. I noticed that my Star Wars Legion army could probably fit in one of these pretty easily, you know? So I'm looking forward to uh, printing out, you know, like I said, one for my kill team, one for, oh, they got a war cry thing here, which I really need. What I like about the war cry one is it comes with like a little uh, console tray thing here that you can print out. Oh, that's great. That, you know, you put your dice in, you got your battle round tracker and stuff like that. I think that's really awesome. That's helpful. And then you've got, again, all your trays for all your tokens and cards and, and your war band. And so, you know, just having just having that organized a little bit. I showed up. I'm gonna kind of show you guys. Hold on. I showed up to to Adepticon with this bag, with this bag, and in this bag here is like, like I don't know, thirty dice and all the Warcry tokens that I have. So when I went to play, I'm like, well, I need my dice, and I just dumped it all out. It was just this huge mess of a pile right next to where I was playing. And one of the guys, the um, I think it, uh, it's uh, Mike, right? The guy that had the um, the Space Jam monsters. Is that his name, Jason? Mike? I think his name is Mike. I start getting used to people by their Discord names rather, right. <laughs> rather than their real names. Our more enthusiast in our, uh, our, more yeah. enthusiast in our uh, yeah. Discord. So yeah. if your name's not Mike, I apologize. But I'm going to refer to you as Mike because I like you. Mike might have been his friend, actually, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, he turns to me and he goes, hey, I'm kind of out of tokens. Can I borrow a couple? <laughs> you know, because I just, like, dumped out this pile of tokens. And so um, I'm looking forward to, you know, having them all nicely organized and not having to, um, you know, dump all these things out. So, and just to be able to say, like, hey, you want to play Warcry? Great. Grab my thing and go, you know, and, and be ready. So, How big of a bed do you need to print those boxes? So my ender bed, I think, is a 240 by 240, and I have to print them. Um, they're they're like almost exactly the size of the bed. They're meant to be printed flat, so I have to print them like this test download picture here, like diagonal and yeah. vertical. Yeah. It adds a little bit of time to it. Um, it doesn't add uh, much. It doesn't add any more filament, but mm -hmm. it does add time. Um, but if I do it like this, like they've been coming out really nice. Um, I'll show you, uh, like this is the back panel that I, that I printed. It's kind of hard to see with the, it disappears. Where did you all go? Ah, it's my face. Uh... Anyway, it's blue. So oh, there, okay. Kind of like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like really crisp, really sharp. And you can see how like they all slide in and just kind of fit together. So, um, I am looking forward to it all being done. So, yeah, there's been taking like 15 to 20 hours, though. So, yeah, for a bunch of games I play, there's guys who have you know those um laser C, um, yeah, I don't know what you call CNC them, machines, CNC, laser yeah. CNCs. And I would love to support these guys on Etsy, I would love to give them money. They just overprice everything. I don't know yeah. what is the cost driver, 
Um, and maybe they have to recoup the cost of their CNC or those layers of acrylic are really expensive. But every time I go in and price out what I want, I look at that and I say, no, nah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not spending that kind of money on this. And I back out and I, you know what I end up going to Harbor freight and getting right. a crappy right. box for six bucks. Yeah. And problem solved, not elegantly, but yeah. solved. I ended up picking the, up the S tails for this for about $20. And it's going to yeah. cost me probably $20 to print it out. So it's like $40, but you know what? Like, I'm okay it, with that. That's so it, much cheaper for what you're doing than if you were yeah. going to uh, price out a laser CNC box that's that complex from on Etsy. You're easily looking yeah. at like 150 bucks on Etsy for what you had showed on screen. And I am hoping that, um, like, you know, I want to put something together. What I would like to do is, like, for our Nova Open Tournament, I want to print out one of these and make it, like, one of the main prizes. Oh, that'd be great. That'd yeah, be great. right? I think it'd be really cool to have, yeah. like, that as a prize. So, um, yeah, anyway. So that was, like, uh, the kind of the other than the kill team. That's one thing that I've been doing. I have been playing Civ Six, but it's really just because – civilization six on the xbox it's really just me waiting for both um redfall the kind of new vampire monster game that's coming out next week i actually i think it comes out today tomorrow tomorrow um playing redfall or and and or the new star wars um uh, jedi game fallen order uh yeah what is the new one called again i don't remember the title of it i never i never got through the first one. Oh really I tried. I just don't like I puzzle. Started. I don't like puzzle yeah. games that get bored. Yeah. I'm like, so I gotta survival. wander around this map and bang my head on a rock. Well, and it's not only that. You have to go to another planet to unlock ability to come back to the old planet to be able to unlock one thing, which yeah. leads you to another planet to unlock that thing. And so there's a lot of interconnected things. You can get frustrated on the planets pretty easily because you're just like, oh yeah, I don't want to. Like, like, I, how do I get over to that thing? And you just can't do it until you go play yeah. the game further. It's yeah. like Zelda's Majora's Mask all over again. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll give I you, liked, uh, I'll give you the crystal if you get me three fishes. Well, I'll give you a yeah. fishing rod if you give me five pieces of corn. Well, I'll let you my farm to get yeah. five pieces of corn if you give me. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> just take the yeah, disc right. out and throw it away. <laughs> I, I liked Force Unleashed, except for the fact that it was like, okay, your Jedi is so overpowered that you're doing things that no one would ever have done in the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just a video game where you're whomping through bat waves and waves and waves of yeah. bad guys, yeah. and with lightweight puzzles, lightweight puzzles. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, Fallen Order was a little bit more puzzly, and and I and that made it a deeper gameplay for some people. So if you like it, you like it. So um, it's basically a reskin of God of War. Um, yeah. Like yeah. if you have played God of War, and then you went and played, which I did. I played God of War, and then I went and played. Um, Jedi Fallen Order, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the same game. Like, yeah. literally the same game. Like, you're, instead of having a little boy with you um, in, in uh, God of War, you had a little uh, droid. A droid on your shoulder, yeah. It would do all the things that the little boy would do in God of War, right? And so it yeah, was... God of War was more linear, though. Oh. Um, it was more, you kind of, you, you're moving through the world. The, the newer one? Like, the new God of War? I didn't play the, the I played one. the, I played the older, the older ones. The you played the, the naughty ones? The, the new one would have one? you the go no. around just like Jedi <laughs> Order. Yeah. Oh, really? You had to bounce, you yep. still have to bounce between areas? Yep. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. All good. Yeah, I'm sure All it was good. awesome. Anyway. The gameplay in those games was great. 
Yeah. I'm still going to probably pick up Jedi Survivor and play it because I do enjoy those games. And and those are the kinds of games that please the completionist in me because I do yeah. like completing puzzles and things like that. Is so. it part of Games Pass anyways with the EA? I don't... Oh, good question. EA is the one that does a lot of the Star Wars games. Yep. I, I think yeah. it is It is an EA game. And you, it, might, it might, or maybe you'll get a discount on it either way. Yeah. So, anyway. All right, so that's uh, that's my Geek Week. Very good. So that brings us, of course, to our Geek News. Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond News. Very nice. Hey, I'm getting. I'm improving my timing, everybody. <laughs> Instead of, wait for it! Wait for it! I almost got it! I almost got it! We're almost at mainstream media quality here. Yeah, never. Yeah. <laughs> um... For many of you who may have seen this, the this uh, restaurant-themed gamer uh, um, accoutrement has sold out, I believe, at least two, if not three times by now. Uh, Arby's has created their own set of gamer D20 down to uh, D4 dice. And they are clear with brown numbers. And instead of the highest number on the die, it's a little RB symbol for the 20 on the D20 and the 12 for the 12. So this is yet another um, more evidence that there's clearly a connection between fast food and RPGs. So you could play the Wendy's role-playing game <laughs> with the Arby's dice and create the geek fast food Ragnarok. You know, you could do you that. You would unleash Fenrir <laughs> on the world. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I find them charming. Uh, if they were available to buy right now, they've sold out so many times or they're, they're, they just disappear. So I, yeah, I would, you know, I'd probably pick up a pair if they weren't too expensive. They're 12 bucks, which is, you know, about the same price as a regular set of a D20 down to D4. Um, I don't like the way they look, but it's a little advertisement to go eat a roast beef sandwich or a gyro while you're gaming. All right. So I'm going to get real with you here, Dan. One, you don't nobody, like Arby's. Likes, no, nobody likes Arby's. Well, then One. why are they still in business? I don't know. I don't know. Homeless. Just like nobody likes candy corn. Nobody likes Hawaiian pizza. They they have the meats, Justin. Okay. They have the meats. They have brisket. It's like desperate travelers. I like their gyro. I actually like their gyro now. That's quite good. Yeah, it's quite good. Uh, Number two. And they have the the, uh, Andes Mint Shake and the uh, seasonal Andes Mint Shake. So, you know, the Andes Mint Shake is probably pretty good. And I will give you. It's what's keeping them in business. Their curly fries is what's keeping them in business. Uh, yeah. Sandwiches yeah, are yeah, garbage, yeah. but their curly, curly fries are Curly fries and Andy's mint shake keeping them in there business. There you go. You know there's but, a problem with the sandwich, to your point, where if you forget to get the Arby sauce and you get home yes. and you don't have the sauce, you're like, oh, no. You're We're so, so screwed. How am I going to get through this? <laughs> yeah. The sandwich is just a vehicle for the sauce. It really exactly. is, right? It really <laughs> is, man. I could eat and that horsey sauce, sauce on anything. If you forget the sauce, you jam the curly fries on top of the burger to just be like, how do I like mitigate this disaster? So this you don't burger. like it, no and yet you have hacked, you have your own Arby's hacks. Yes. 
I mean, I've had to survive, Dan. I've had to survive. Uh, I was alone. I had not, I was in. I was in a, a, a food court. That's all they had, man. Yeah, it was right. The next rest the stop wasn't yeah, for seventy-two miles. It was an Arby's or a Sabaro. Ah! Don't judge me. Don't judge me. So number two, my the other point I was going to make is. These dice look like the roast beef drippings have dropped into the grooves yes, for the yes. uh, for the numbers here. <laughs> they are roast you know? beef brown they, they numbers. Like They're a... clear dice. Who, for those who are listening, it's a clear dice, but the inset num the, the the paint on the number is this color of roast beef brown. It's like a gold roast beef grease brown. Grease it's brown. Not, yeah. yeah, it's not even. It doesn't even have an orangey amber. It's more no. like a. It's a tan. It's, I, it's I, really a tan. Yeah. I like how there's a purchase limit minimum box. Zero. It's like, it's okay. You don't actually have to buy the <laughs> It's on their website with their other charge yeah. keys. They have like a, a, a deck of cards and stuffed animals. I think. I think they're leaning into this gamer demographic and I don't, I, I think it's kind of cool. They've sold out like at least twice, completely but, sold out. Okay. All right. All right. Right. Sold how out. Times, how many times, Dan, have you been at a game and someone's like, you know, we're getting hungry guys. I could really go for some Arby's. <laughs> Nobody says that. Nobody <laughs> says that. That's like, let's get some za. Let's get it's some because Santos. It's because it says Arby's. It's because the dice haven't been in and under everybody's noses. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's, this is it's raising a little advertising, man. <laughs> Dude, have you looked at some of the stuff they have? Like, go to collections, Arby's pet plushies. <laughs> no, no, no. Up at the, the yeah, collections, Arby's pet plushies. Look at that. Oh my gosh! There's like <laughs> yeah. a roast yeah, you beef can get plushie. A, you can no, get here's a the best. Here's plushie. the best. Go back to collection and go to summer swag and look at that bathing suit. Oh, they have an no, Arby's baby. Shut up. There's Look things happening here. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Gosh, I need those sunglasses. I need those party shades. Oh my gosh. All I see is those... meat. All I see is meat. It's written on the top of the sunglasses. All I see is meat. Oh gosh. That is sold out as well, folks. I can sold see out. people loving those flip flops. <laughs> They're $40, though. Uh, Dude, there, there's a reason stuff. why that lady swimsuit is not a two piece because it is Arby's. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> As I said, Jason, for $20, you could get your summer wear right now. It's the ladies' one piece. You could turn that into a man's one piece easy, though. Dude, you could get an extra large right now. It's still in stock. Extra large and extra small. Let's move on. There's other items of news. We've lost a lot of listeners. (laughs) All right. Moving away from the fast food news. Okay. Um, uh, Renegade Games, Game Studios, has uh, their RPG system is called Essence 20. And uh, for those who are unfamiliar, Essence 20 is you roll a d20 for everything. And if you're low skilled, you roll a, you flip a coin all the way up to a d12. It's like a dice step. So if you're really good, you're rolling a 20 and a 12. If you're terrible, you're rolling a d20 and a, d, a, d, a d2 or a d4. Uh, however, they have the IPs for Transformers, mm-hmm. G.I. Joe, and Power Rangers, and they are coming out with a source book that combines, that mashes up all three into one game. Oh, my god! So your Power Rangers versus G.I. Joe versus uh, Transformers 
all in one place all at once. Is that time. too much? Is that too much? This is like this has been Michael Bayified. Oh like, yeah. The max. Oh yeah. Well said. I would love it to, you know, take Optimus to just beat the living hell out of some Power Rangers. That would be that would be kind of enjoyable. <laughs> Didn't Michael Bay do G.I. Joe? I don't want to say. I, I those are really forgettable movies. I can't. I couldn't even remember. Yeah, I, friends, go to IMDb. Just check it out on your own. Check no, it, out. it was not him. It was Stephen Summers. But anyway, I give these. They have props. I know some folks when they were kids did mash up oh, yeah. between GI Joe and Transformers, and I'm sure Power Rangers was in there somewhere for some kids, you know, who were younger than us. So yeah, pretty cool. I thought I'd share. It's really um, weird seeing like a Power Ranger with the pink. Is that Sergeant Slaughter right there? I oof. No. 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 no, no. Okay, I it's just know. a generic G.I. Joe. No. The the but. Transformer is RC. She was introduced, I believe, in Transformers the Motion Picture. Nineteen eighty nine. Which I have on 4K Blu-ray, and my son wow. and I watched it. Yeah, and man. we listened to that 80s uh, hair metal band soundtrack in Dolby Atmos, and it was a really special day. Yes, yes. That was good stuff. Um, <laughs> my next and last <laughs> item of news. If you're a Transformers, the old original movie man, you, you know that. Yes, man, you for know our YouTube doing. viewers. Oh, Matrix of Leadership. Jason was doing the Matrix of Leadership thing. It's supposed to open our darkest hour. Yeah, and they uh, introduced a character that wasn't in the cartoons, who was the protagonist and the heir to Optimus Prime, which made no sense to my ten-year-old or twelve-year-old self, whatever yeah. old I was. I was like, Why? "Don't we have other? Tra- Should it be Soundwave or Jazz? <laughs> Should it be Jazz? All right, I'll stop." Watch the movie. It holds up. That movie holds up. It has, yeah, it's a great movie, man. It has Leonard Nimoy. It has... Um, it has one of the best the guy who ominous did Citizen Kane. Uh, enemies. What, who's, who's the guy who did Citizen Kane? Um, or, 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 or Orson? Orson. No. Um, 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 Orville. No. Gosh. Orville. That's the name of the... Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Now we got to look it up. Uh Scott Card? It's not Orson Scott Card. No, it's not him. No, I thought I thought he did a voice in there. Orson, Orson Scott. Card. No, you're thinking of Orson Welles. Yeah, Orson, Orson Welles. Welles. Orson, Orson Scott Wells. Wells. Yeah, the Orville. Yeah, <laughs> Orson a, Scott a, Card. Orville Wells. We're not talking about Orson Scott Card. <laughs> Steer away from that sensitive topic. But uh, Orson <laughs> Welles definitely did Transformers the movie. Yeah. What I'm a random sure thing for him to do. Isn't it awesome? Yeah, it was his third to the last acting credit, 1986. Yeah, he was the voice of a planet. Only right. Orson Welles had an ego big enough to fill an entire Dude, It was, planet. And he did such a good job. It was, free, it was such that, a great film. Yeah, it's a great movie. See it if you haven't. All right. Totally holds up. Get it in 4K. I'm not yeah. getting a nickel for that. The last news item is, for those paying attention to 1D&D, the latest Unearth Arcana, they released a 50-page document. This is starting to feel like a real gosh darn RPG. They released the Barbarian, the Fighter, the Sorcerer, the Warlock, and Wizard with the one subclass each for your uh, playtest amusement hmm. in Unearth Arcana. So you guys can cr- 
cruise on over to D and D beyond and check that out and see how they are making changes. One of the biggest changes they've made, of course, is that each weapon now has a mastery property. So as you get really good at a weapon, as you master the weapon, you'll be able to unlock things you can do with it that you couldn't do by just before you'd compare, well, what's the difference between a, you know, a D eight and a D six. That was your choice. And now it's like, no, I really want to get into hammers because if I'm good at hammers, I can do other things with it, which is way closer to kind of how a lot of the narratives go. A lot of the IPs, especially, you know, the movie that just came out. You guys have all seen the movie. No spoilers. Are you going to get the movie yet? You have not seen it. I'm, no, I'm give just it, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> really? For reals? I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Don't want to. Oh, I got it. Two, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yeah. I sent yeah. my non-gamer family members to go without myself and my middle daughter. And they came back and said, that was a great film. Yeah. And if you compare that to D&D year 2000 D&D, uh, that's a major uh, accomplishment. Oh, I, th- I think it was a, I, I was reading a thread somewhere of like, did it do well enough to warrant sequels? And I think it did. Oh yeah. I'd be, I would like to see sequels. They left it open with uh, some larger, a larger group of baddies that are still yeah. out there. Um, so I'm all about it. I liked it. So that's the news. And I am still here. Great. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for the news. Uh, we can skip the Arby's next time because you normally do. <laughs> uh, no, funny. that's good stuff. It's it. Uh, I remember when you guys played the Wendy's RPG at our GuildCon. We yeah. loved year, it last year, two years ago. Yeah, our um, buddy Casey ran that for us. Yeah, that was so great because like that was like one of the first ones he'd run for our group, and I think he was a little nervous, but you guys like had such a good time playing it. So. We were straight up ridiculous, well, and it, it helped. Yeah, it's easy to it's easy to have fun with that when you got a bunch of seasoned gamers that know how to just have fun with an RPG. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. And who's taking a Wendy's RPG seriously, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need yeah. to level up, guys. We need to commit to this campaign. What's <laughs> right. the larger story? Well, at one point, we were all, well, how do we level up in this game? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, we were, like oh, we were going to oh, play it again. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so I can't crazy. wait to get the band back together. Yeah. Casey's probably like, uh, I, I don't know. You've got experience coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get a bajillion, one billion served. How about that? The That's right. The experience check is in the mail. <laughs> All right. So let's get to our main topic here. Uh, we are going to talk, like we said earlier, about dungeon crawlers, um, co-op games that kind of have this augmented part of them, which is really just kind of an app-driven AI for running the game and also managing a lot of the bad guys. So some of the games out there um, that uh, we were mentioning pre-podcast were Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-Earth, uh the descent journey uh, it's not the journeys in the dark one but it's the descent um recent one that came out in 2020 that um had um the augmented app to it legends of the dark oh that's right instead of journeys in the dark it's legends of the dark um a couple of the other expansion. ones yeah mm-hmm. uh that's coming out soon it's in pre-order 
Mansions of Madness, which is a Lovecraftian Cthulhu game, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, XCOM, the board game. I think a lot of people um, that I know have played that. Mm-hmm. That uh, again mm-hmm. is app driven and it, it manages it. So, so we've named a couple of these games, guys. But like, what like what are we talking about here? Really, we keep saying it has an app, but like, describe how it works and describe like what these types of games are. So, a traditional dungeon crawler has a kind of a mimic of a of a dungeon master mm-hmm. or a DM, unless it has an. If, if it doesn't have an AI, it says one of your players has to be the bad guy and has to try to kill all your friends. Have good mm-hmm. luck with that. And it tells you how to do that. Um, um, most dungeon crawlers have like a, a, a singular enemy opponent. Others have paper AI, which is this is the pieces you're going to put on the paper, put down on the these. These are the pieces you're going to put down on the table and they're going to be making these types of choices and it's your job to execute these choices. Mm-hmm. Some AIs have a book that the players can check and just to mm-hmm. say, okay, uh, the, the book says this one should go left or go right. Yeah, it's like a choose mm-hmm. your own adventure kind of thing. What the app does is it adds another level of strategy. Uh, it, it, of course, it's a computer, so it can do some math, do a little probability, and, um, and it can adjust things based on current condition which um, a lot of those other methods, except for a human being, are, are not good at doing. Mm-hmm. So the app-driven games uh, usually have, you have to be able to communicate back and forth to the device what's happening in the game state, or it has to be able to imagine what's happening in the game state. Um, there's some of them that don't really care about the specifics of where the heroes are going or not going, and some absolutely care about where the heroes are and where they're going um so in some cases they'll just throw baddies out onto the table oh okay right justin's getting some uh, red red out oh he's doing somebody yeah so um (laughs) i love my life i love my life is that a uh a digital assistant yeah, and apparently I set a reminder for myself at 9.58 p.m. It's probably a reminder for a meeting at 9.58 a.m. this meeting. So I didn't like, wow. totally forget it. So yeah. here we are. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Okay. Exactly. Right. I'm, I'm at the meeting. I'm at the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, Dan, another thing to to that's a big part of these app-driven ones is that the app-driven ones have a lot of accessibility to be updated by the company to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas like you get you get the kind of the books, <clears throat> excuse me, you get the books uh, that you can roll on tables to kind of drive the story forward with. And it's like, you know, you kind of have that table unless in, until a new supplement comes out. But the app, I mean, they could be updating the app like, you know, weekly if they had that big of a community yeah. support behind it. And it's literally could literally just be one guy in their in mm-hmm. their offices or in their company that's, you know, regularly just create new content that goes through a QA process for it. And a lot of these games, right, they are still board games in the sense that you put out your tiles or a board or a map or something like that. You've got your figures, right, your little models that you put down, and there's usually hex on the uh, hexes on the board that you can kind of travel through. And um, there's enemy models as well. So usually these games come in pretty big boxes, right, because they've got not only your hero models, but they've got a whole bunch of enemy models as well. 
um, and those are the expansions. That's where the company makes a lot of their money is in the sales of these little plastic miniatures for you know way more than what they produce them for. Um, and then the app is the gravy because you can, like you said, Jason, you it's the replayability possibility there is quite high because not only can you update the app to maybe make things a little bit more interesting with the with the models and the stats that they have and the things that they do. You can come out with new adventures mm-hmm. with yeah. very little overhead here. Like you could sell a new adventure for $20 using all of the same things, but now tokens are in just different places and monster models are in different places and it's a whole new adventure that you can keep playing. On there, right? And there's different, maybe there's different environmental effects. Mm-hmm. You know, you can create, you know, storms that come in that do things to the, 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 the way the monsters play and, I don't know there's there's lots of freedom there. I <clears throat> you know I, I think it's not I think where we see these apps today they're still not they're not like the end all here, right? Because video games, you know, video games are coded and built to run the story, tell the story, randomize the AI, randomize the environment that you deal with. Like you can get that in a video game if you want, right? So it's unless you just want to sit around and play a video game together, We've talked about this in last time we hit this. There, I think there is a threshold for where these apps can actually experience the game with you before it just starts to feel like a video game. One of the things that I think helps when you play these is um, what we did when we went to Dan's house and we played Journeys in Middle Earth together when uh, our buddy Dan Flinton came in from New Mexico. And I think Mike Swanson might have been there too mm. that day that we played. Um Dan was able to plug into his TV and have the big screen up with it as we're playing on the board. Um, Cause if you're playing off of a tablet or something like that, it just doesn't have the same feel there. Right. Like you, because even a, compu- things- even a computer monitor is a huge yeah. upgrade off of a tablet or even worse mm-hmm. a phone. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm a big fan. It, it's way more immersive um, it's good when the apps have decent sound, little sound effects and some background music make mm-hmm. it can make it immersive. And that's one of the, the the fun parts of it. You put that over some decent speakers and a subwoofer. Yeah. And now you're inside the game and in a slightly different way than you would be a standard tabletop game. Now, there's two ways to do these tabletop games, right? There's some games that are solely dependent on that app where you're not playing a game without the app. Mm-hmm. And then there are other games that are standalone. They work just fine. And then they say, hey, we came out with a map and, or we came out with an AI to help you run it. And for these mm-hmm. separate kinds of gameplay, not every kind of gameplay, for most types of game- gameplay, you should be able to use the app. And so we've seen that with um, the older version of Descent. We saw that with Imperial Assault, where... You don't you you could play that game forever and never touch the app. But mm-hmm. if you if you want to play in a in a different kind of co-op mode, but what what we've discovered with those is that not every modality of play is always covered by the app. And that mm-hmm. can be a little disappointing, especially if you've bought expansions that the app doesn't know about or care about mm-hmm. or doesn't know how to fold it in. And that can be a real irritant to having a, a, a game experience. So the on the pro of that is the app is no longer supported. The app dies. The company goes belly up. You still have a great game on the shelf. Mm-hmm. The downside is, is I hope they did a good job of paying attention to all the different 
permutations of the expansions. Uh, the other side of the coin is this game is unplayable without a nap. And usually, the, in my experience, all of those, all of the expansions have always been accounted for in every version of the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I think Gloomhaven is one of those that came out and then they, you know, because it's a very, um, uh, the AI is on each individual card, right? They'll go left instead of right. They'll attack the nearest one or they'll go after ranged ones or they'll go after the one who's the, who has the most wounds. Like, like there's, there's conditions that tell it what it's going to do. Um, and you can play that straight out of the box, but with Gloomhaven, I think that they saw like, Oh, Hey, we could try to make people's lives a little bit easier. And it will tell you what this, you know, where this thing's going to move and where it's going to go. And, and um, maybe speed up the game a little bit. I think that that's kind of some of the intent behind some of these is that you don't have to try to figure out what this thing is going to do. You just hit next and it does itself. Right. And then you just kind of update your board accordingly um, after it's done it on the, on the app. So I um, will have to say that updating the board state, matching the board state and the app is usually falls to like one person that ends up being a GM light anyway. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of painful because you're sometimes you're playing the game, but you're also the guy who's going, okay, now what are we doing? Now what are we doing? Now what are we doing? Usually there's one or two players that figure out there's, there's ways to help. Okay. Let's put these map tiles down and they kind of, they kind of pick a job. So that's yeah. a distributed function. But if you're trying this out for the first time and you're the person who owns the game, you're going to the it's different than just sitting down and playing a board game. It's different because now you're you've got like you're hooking up to a big monitor. You're making sure Mm -hmm. the sound is working. Now you're you're oh, I I lost that game tile. Where's the where's where's game tile two one two B? I've got to put it right here. Okay, Oh, here I found it. You know, Um, so you got to factor that into your fun of it. I like it because I um, don't always want to run games because I GM a lot in RPG. And so I don't want to GM as much. I don't want to GM dungeon crawlers as much. Um, It's not as fun for me. I think there are two games as an example that do a good job of hitting the problems you just talked about. The first one, I think the game Moonrakers, which we like to play a lot, right? Mm. Which is a um, kind of a deck building um, cooperative slash adversarial game, um, <clears throat> which we've talked about a little bit in the past. If not, look up moonrakersgame.com. Great game. They released for free on Steam a app called Luminor that um, changes the game completely it uses all the mechanics but it makes a completely 100 percent co-op game where when you start luminor you actually a box pops up and says what expansions do you have and then you oh, just check which expansions so you have appropriately and it, yes and it integrates them appropriately into the next part which is where it actually builds a galaxy it builds a galaxy with systems randomly Wow. Uh, with, with random choices and random effects and random uh, things you have to overcome, challenge cards. Um, and then you you still play, you lay the cards out in front of you. It tells you based on what expansion you, you picked. It tells you how to set up the game in front of you. So you set up the cards and then you start playing and everybody takes their turn. And then and then you they go to the game and, and you advance through choices to the mm-hmm. next system in the galaxy. You decide which system you want to go to. It presents a random challenge encounter that you don't know of. 
everybody has to play. Then when you play the table, you just go up to the game and you say what happened. Was I able to mm-hmm. accomplish the challenge? Was I wasn't? So it's it does a really good job of kind of number one, using what you have in your box set, right, and, and making it easy and accessible. Um, <clears throat> number two, being able to play the game without having to maintain the game state. Right. So that's important, right? That is huge. Because you couldn't, you can't screw something up. That's a big cognitive load off of somebody who's at the table. Yeah. And even if you do accidentally, like, oh, we failed the challenge. Oh, I accidentally clicked. We accepted the challenge. There's a back button on everything. So you can go back and you can change it. Yeah. Uh, So it does a really good, really good job. Those two things we'll say are a really good job. Another example is Return to Dark Tower. That's a great uh, game. Yeah. It's a great game. Right. Um, In that game, it does keep a track a little bit of the board, but but it's not a hundred percent dependent on it. So it'll say like, I don't remember what the monsters are called, but it'll say this, you know, this golem spawns in this region here. Yeah. And you'll go and you'll put it in that region. At that point, it doesn't really care. Like if you accidentally put it on the wrong tile, the game doesn't really care at that yeah. point. Yeah. It just keeps track of the fact that there's a golem on the board somewhere. Mm. And then you still have to deal with the golem. And, the, and when you finally kill the golem and you go to attack it, you just go to the game in the app and you say, I'm attacking the golem. And it says, all right, let's resolve this fight. And then it helps you resolve the fight. It doesn't really care where it helped you. It, it kind of gave a, here, let's uh, let's introduce this into your board. Maybe put it right here if you're okay with that. And then you go ahead and play your game and come back to me when you're ready to, to yeah. advance. Mm. You know? But games so that have to maintain... Yeah, games that have to maintain specific state, duplicating what you're doing on the board. That I that I think that maybe is the wrong way to take an app. Yeah, I think journeys in journeys in Middle Earth release uh, unleashes bad guys on the map, mm-hmm. and you tell it when you're fighting that bad guy. But it actually doesn't know where on the map you are, and it doesn't know where on the map the bad guy is. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. but still, uh, you still have to go through you still have to kind of communicate how damn it, you know, you're like, okay, I did six points of yeah. damage, that kind of thing. Well, that one, that one, I think had to keep state of the, you had to synchronize the board with it more when you're in the, like, you're in like the outer world where you're moving through regions, right? The, yeah. yeah. The map tile, the hex map tiles fit into each other in a really funky way. And you have to be really, you have to really pay attention to what's on the screen and match it real mm-hmm. tight with what's, what's mm-hmm. on the board or what you have in, in real space. And that, that can be a little tricky. The, the opposite side of that coin is I've played this game so many times. I've never played that. I've played the same mission, like more times than I wish I can count. I haven't played enough of the other (laughs) missions. I've never played the same game twice. Mm. It's so different every time. I think we mentioned that as a pro before Mm -hmm. the randomization of the board and of where the adventure seeds are dropped on the board. Ooh, that's good for replayability. It's really good for replayability. So that, that, that brings us to let's, let's talk about some pros and cons. I mean, we've, we've mentioned a couple of them. I think the replayability Dan that you mentioned right there is a major pro um, what are some other pros? Uh, uh, Jason, I think one pro that you talked about that I don't know that you called it a pro is that like um, with Moonrakers, you've got the ability to transform your game. Like the, the Moonrakers that you play on the board just without the app is one game. And now with the app, it's the same game, but different, right? Like yep, it replayability. Is a, it's, a, it's a different game there, right? And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that still falls under replayability, but you've got 
like strong variety that you can introduce through the app, right? Is another pro. Are there any other pros that you can think about? Well, it, difficulty levels are very mm -hmm. easy to, to integrate. Um, usually if you're doing an analog difficulty, it's like, well, throw in these cards or go off of this yeah. or, or stuff like that. It's a lot more kludgy. Um, it, the difficulty level, you can feel when the, when the game is scaling up to you, to where you're at. Um, and that's kind of fun. Uh, cause I've, I played the same like boss battle twice, once on easy mode with two players and once on hard mode with five players, totally different, mm. totally different thing. And as you configure your guys differently, that is also another thing. So if they give you enough player characters to adjust so journeys in middle earth if you buy all the expansions there's i don't know there's at least a dozen player characters and then there's like eight classes so you can make gandalf be a leader or gandalf can also be an explorer right and his his abilities um on his cards are going to change based on how you've matched those things up um and that that's you could do that in a lot of games, but having, and the computer knows what you have too. Mm. And it, it's thinking, okay, well, I, I, you know, this is who I'm dealing with. How do I, how do I make an adventure for these guys? Which is pretty fun. Um, I've got a con that I just thought of. Um, sometimes when you're playing these co-op games, we kind of, there's a little bit of slop where you give the players who are there, we're having fun. You give everybody the benefit of the doubt. The computer doesn't mess around with that. Huh. I think, uh, Justin, were you were you the one who's playing? No, it was, I, I don't remember who the group, we were playing a group of Journeys of Middle Earth at GuildCon, and one person made a non-optimized decision at the last minute. We failed the mission. And the computer's like, okay, you suck. Let's move on. Oh, I think I, oh, was that? It was that like, it was like there was a dwarf who wanted to go upgrade his weapon. Somebody was Gimli and he's like, I want to go upgrade my weapon. Yeah. And the computer's like, oh, well, you weren't in the town hall with at the meeting like you were supposed to be. So they all voted against your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like everything we had worked up to for the last two hours went up in a puff of smoke. Because the there's no retconning. The computer was not as good at doing mulligans or, or just kind of, there's no rule of cool with the computer rule of cool. There you yeah, go. It just, yeah. It's yeah. not going to do rule of cool. It's going to be like, well, you suck. Move on. Okay. Play again, whatever. Um, a pro is, is that um, solo gaming doesn't feel as solo. -y, right. Uh, sometimes if you're so, if you're, there's a lot of co-op games that have solo modes Mm -hmm. um, when you're playing against an AI, then it's actually another opponent that's thinking about what you're doing instead of a, a randomized deck of, of the world being stacked against you. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that there, uh, um, that gets to another pro with whether you're solo play or playing with people is that it can help answer the mail on rules that may be misinterpreted by players. Um, yeah. I've had that happen before where we've played, we played just out of the box, for many many times and then mm -hmm. we play with the app and we're like oh wait the app's not letting us do this is the app broken then we sat there for a minute and we were like we've been interpreting this rule wrong the whole time <laughs> right because we really wah, the, wah. just having the app there to enforce it helped us recognize a, mm. or reinterpret the rule in the way that i think the developers meant it the but best yeah, the rule of lawyer ever yeah yeah <laughs> but uh but um uh i can't i can't do that dave uh but uh, i think the idea there is that 
rule of cold can be gone, but that's okay if you recognize you're playing something with an app and you're just, you're, you know, a game is a game. I think that I know a lot of people think, you know, apps are going to make it easier to play solo so I can play, you know, by myself. On one hand, you know, I used to do, I used to play games solo when I couldn't find time to go hang out with friends or they didn't have the availability. But if there's a, integrating an app and setting up a board game, I might as well just pull up a game and app video game, game on my phone yeah. and play solo by myself. Cause there's so many board games you can get on your phones now. Anyways, mm-hmm. you can play Carcassonne, you can play Catan, yeah. you can play, you know, name it's, it. It's right? a better experience. I, yeah. So just, I, I'm not I, sure if apps are really their mainstay is going to be for solo play. I'm not sure that's, what's going to hold them. I, I think that's I a thought, big selling point. You know, I, I mean, thought, I, I thought I was going to do it. I've never done it once in journeys. I've told myself a million times, I'm going to start a journey in middle earth and I'm going to game by myself at 4am, you know, and I've never, I've never bothered. It's just not, yeah. it's a lot of fuss. Yeah. It's just not worth it. I, I do think it's, no, it's fine. I, I do think it's one of the main selling points, though. Like when you talk yeah. to, like when I was at Gen Con and I sat down at the booth for the Descent one and they were showing it off. So, like, this is a game that you can sit down and play by yourself. And I was like, I was like literally playing it by myself with the person, like, kind of showing me how the app work, you know? And they're like, you can do this. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's how they're, they kind of market it, which is like, hey, you may not have the time to get all your friends over to your house to play all of these really cool board games that you love. Well, we've solved that problem for you. You can still play it by yourself and have a great time. I wonder if that's going to be like the Alexa thing with Amazon, though. Hey, we've designed this so you can order anything you want right. by yourself exactly. with this app. And then everyone's like, I just want to play music. Right, exactly. You know, it's yeah. like, I hey, you can play this game. Yeah, like everybody, maybe, maybe that's their selling point. This thing doesn't have to sit on your shelf and collect dust. You can actually play by yourself with the app, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, all right, yeah. cool, they buy it. And then they never do it. It'd be, right. I'd be curious sure. to see like a poll to the community. How many people actually play app-based board games by themselves my regularly. Fo- yeah. And my follow-on question to that is how many people bought those games thinking that they would right. play it solo? Yeah. That'd be good data you know? to look at. Yeah, that'd And then really they don't. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of one of those. Um, uh, let me just yeah. say though, if you're a, if you want to miniature paint, but you don't want to do war games or the idea of painting, playing competitively, really kind of drives you insane. Uh, and I have a friend who won't go to a tournament. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he says, never again will I ever go to a tournament in my life. I could see kind of the value of wanting to paint up a game mm-hmm. and then play it regardless of whether you have people in your house to play it with you to get kind of the full, the full experience out of the deal. So I, I do think that the app driven games have a, have a, have a, painter there's an intersection with painting that's different than what you would have if you're playing a game on your phone mm-hmm. yeah there's definitely a hobby aspect of it but you could make that argument for like a zombicide too though right like that's a that's a game that has some really cool minis that would be awesome to paint that aren't necessarily competitive driven right in terms of like a tournament or something or gaming that you're going to go to so i don't know that the app is like making people want to pay paint minis other than like the app gives you the excuse to play with your painted minis maybe by yourself, you know? So, um, but again, I think, I think Jason, you do have kind of a point about like people, I think that people are like, yeah, I can play this by myself. I'm totally going to justify the $200 purchase of this game. You know what I mean? And then they're just like, well, you know, we'll get to it someday. 
Um, <laughs> that's yeah, turn on the Xbox. It's yeah, so much but, faster. Yeah. So, Even downloading a game can be considerably faster than setting up. <laughs> right yeah right um so it yeah. I, I mean like i said i the the games i've played solo are games where i know i've had i know it has a solo mode mm-hmm. i know there's i'm going to be playing with people soon and i need to understand how the game works that's a good point right it's yeah. a teaching opportunity yeah um and usually those games that i've been playing i have not they haven't needed an app they've been a they've been a difficulty deck Play the difficulty deck. I, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the the app has a better potential to do something interesting than a difficulty deck. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to a two dimension. All dungeon crawlers are map crawlers. If you're changing the map all the time, you're doing something unique every yeah. time. I don't know how strategic the the AIs are, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing is that I you don't really know how much effort is or is not being put in to coding that game okay right right like basically i'm at the point where i'm like if the game doesn't break right Uh and it's updated to the os and it doesn't crash i'm happy because i've kind of given up on the idea that the next big like you were saying jason the next big mountain we're going to climb is integrated digital experiences with gaming Right. I mean, I was pretty optimistic and, and bullish about it. Now I'm just terrified that the one game I have will no longer be supported by. Yeah. Gollum uh, Arcana we'll, we'll, all over again. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we, we're, we'll, we'll be dropped on our butts. Um, and we, there's a whole episode about that, people, from I don't know how many months ago. We did a year and a half ago. Yeah. We did that. but Still got that sitting on my shelf. I had well, to get I'll rid say, of it. I had to get rid of mine. It irritated right. me to look at it. Go ahead. I'll say this. Um, <laughs> as, as far as the con goes, um, when I'm playing regular descent, right, you're you're kind of told there's like flavor text before you go into that dungeon, right? Like, yeah, you know, you're looking for X and X thing, and you know, as you walk in, you realize that this might not be the dungeon you're looking for, or whatever it is, right? There's a little bit of flavor text to give you a little bit of context for what you're doing inside that dungeon, right? We all know what you're doing inside that dungeon is trying to kill monsters and loot the place. Like yeah. that's what the dungeon crawler is all about, right? Um, some of the one of the cons, and I mean, some people will say this is a pro, but for me, when I'm playing a dungeon crawler with the app, goodness gracious, I found myself having to read a lot of text a lot of times, mm-hmm. right? You'd go yeah. like go up mm-hmm. onto a tower, and then it's like, oh, the weathered tower, like you know, to- uh, soars above the tree line, is it? And you're just like okay, get to the point, get to the point, get to the point. Like, I want to know what's happening. It depends on you the know? mood you're in, I guess. Yeah. I Totally, you know, and again, this could be a con for, or this could be a pro for some people. But sometimes when I'm playing it, I'm just like, okay, skip the text. I don't care. Skip the text. I don't care. What's the next yeah. thing that I have? Well, it's to like do? when, you know, playing WoW all over again, right? First yeah. time you play WoW, you're like, oh, and you're reading the words as they slowly scroll yeah. by for the quit. And the next time you're like, click, 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 click. Okay, I'm going to go get you five rubies. Yeah, exactly. You know. Get it. I need my thing. I need my. Yeah, thing. I don't care about the lore anymore. I just want to level up. Yeah. Have yeah. you guys played any of these Echoes games? These are small. Mm, I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Ravensburger puts out a lot of fun games. This is app intensive. You can't play it without the app, because you're. First of all, it's not accessible for people who are who are deaf, by the way, or hearing impaired. So, thumbs down, Ravensburger, for not being inclusive. Um, 
However, uh, it it does require so you're managing you're you're solving a mystery with audio clips. Mm. So that you've plugged in your app, you're listening to the story, and then you're arranging the cards as a group to solve the mystery. And you tell the app, this is the order I have my cards in. Is that right? And it tells you yes or no. And then it gives you more clues to solve the next thing. They're pretty cheap. These are like 10 bucks. I got this one for free at Gen Con. They're actually incredibly fun. Um, and they're great party games, but completely app-centric. What, this has a terrible replayability, though. This is a zero replayability. Once you know the, once you've solved the mystery, yeah, I, I can't ever play this it's twice. It's like where's Waldo, right? Go ahead and buy yeah. the book, but once you find him, you're never going to unsee yeah. him. Right. Especially Go, once you circle him with a highlighter. Exactly. <laughs> We're not supposed to do that. Exactly. But that's an example. It's not a dungeon crawler, but it's one of these experiential things. And one of the things that they do really well in Echoes is have. Um, Foley effects and voice actors. Mm. And what I don't like about the FFG games, the fantasy flight games, we're talking descent. We're talking mansions of madness. We're talking journeys in middle earth, except for a couple of snippets here and there, there's a real lack of voiceover. Yeah. Um, and so somebody, usually me is the guy who has to put on his best Sean Bean voice and read right. the text for everybody that they can read on the screen. And that has its, I'm going to say that, that, yeah, it's, I think that's a detriment to the game. Yeah. Um, but because, but Echoes, Echoes is very immersive mm. um, for a very low price. And yeah. you don't have to pay any money to download the app to your phone, which is great too. It's interesting because in, in um, Darkest Dungeon that came out, it was not, um, it's not an app-driven game. However, there are points where you could play a clip and it was like mm. a voiceover of the text you were reading. Right. So it was kind of augmented from multimedia augmented, right? I wouldn't say it was app augmented or reality augmented or anything like that, but it was multimedia augmented. And so sometimes it was nice having, you know, someone that had a cool voice, like the darkest dungeon guy read a creepy dungeon thing that yeah. was going on. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, the amount of reading that I had to do sometimes, I'm just like, oh, just get to the point. Like, what are we, you know, yeah. like, what do we need to do? And, well, see, um, and, the, and that's the thing. So, if the game, if the game has story points that you're listening to and one person has to do all the reading, yeah. um, everybody needs to be listening to the story. And sometimes your friends are talking to each other. And in fact, <laughs> I've noticed, happens. I've noticed with the audio clips with Journeys in Middle Earth, everyone stops talking when the app is doing the voiceover. But when Dan is rambling. Maybe I'm just offended by my friends easily. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're just able to tune you out. I, I know people tune me out. That's a fact. <laughs> that's not a maybe. That's an obviously. Well, let me throw a different a different thing there, right? So Space Alert mm. is an example of an, an app, now an app. It was a CD when it first it's came so out. Good. But now, I now there's an CD app. Virgin. So yep. good. Now there's an app, which is the exact same as a CD. It has the same themes. It's just, but actually it can randomize it now versus this, this the randomizing was the traps on the CD. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's a great game that uses an app because uh, the app moves you through phases of the ship, right? Uh, of the game while you're kind of defending your ship and doing stuff. And so there's no real text. It's just you'll be playing, then all of a sudden you'll hear an alert pop off of the app, and then that tells you everybody has to do something. So then you're trying to do it. You know that at some random time in the future, in a couple minutes, 
another thing's going to happen with the app. You don't know what it is. So you're trying your best to kind of get ready. And then all of a sudden you'll hear static and static says comms are down. Nobody can talk to each other for the next three or four Mm -hmm. minutes. And then the static will go away. Then everyone can start talking again. So that's a good example of an app that once again, cares nothing about the state of the board. Yeah. There's no reading. There's no vocal or things you have to listen to. It's just immediately like very quickly. It says app says, Hey, I'm here and this is happening. Go. And then it steps back out of the game and lets you play the game with your friends. And then it, it jumps in again orchest- and says, hey, here, next, go. And then steps away again. It orchestrates play. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, orchestrates yeah. play without really getting in the way. Yeah. Right? It facilitates and it. Yeah. And he breaks you out of analysis paralysis of what's our min-max opportunity yeah. here? How do You got to go. And- All right. Yeah. Yep. Phase well, is well, over. Next phase. Yeah. Really good. So those are some things that, you know, and I, I don't think these are going away. I do think they're going to evolve, though. Um, I, 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 I wish, uh, I wish there were more certainties in the mobile app world where we would have more certainties in these games, because, you know, either Android or, or iOS can come out with either could come out with a new feature that breaks these games, and if uh, the companies are not spending money to patch them, then your game's done. You're done. Yeah. Um, and that's super par- that There's no other games on my shelf that give me paranoia in the same way. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You hate, you hate to know that a game could be made um, obsolete right out from under you, you know? I mean, in the old days, it would be like a CD-ROM, and as long as you could run that software, you could play it. But I I still don't have that level of assurance. It's all just mm-hmm. a lot of crossing your fingers and optimism. And I, when, I, when we did this, we talked about this topic a year and a half ago. I would say my optimism was pretty high. I think it's, it's waned considerably since then. Uh, maybe it's because the one game I invested in said, this is our last, uh, this is our last uh, expansion. So we're done here. And I'm yeah. like, so if we're playing it and you need to patch it, that's going to cost you money and you're not going to make money. So paranoia, 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 fear, uncertainty, doubt, FUD, FUD, FUD. <laughs> that's in all parts of our lives though. That's in video yeah. games too, with uh, servers, multiplayer servers. Yeah. Uh, the industry seems yeah. to find ways to adapt to it. Um, I don't think we will see another Gollum Arcana style dump where it pretty much closes, it shuts its servers down, and then a, a, a fan basically picks the servers up for a period of time until they decide they're done with it. Yeah. Um, but I think um, I, I think your point is valid. Uh, I mean, I, I used to develop Android apps when they first came out like literally day one that the Android store opened, I had apps up there and, um, and uh, I, I, I've since taken those apps down because I don't want to maintain them anymore. Their usefulness is gone in, uh, now based on, on there, but I periodically still get developer email updates from Google that says, Hey, we noticed you're a developer. Your app is not compatible with the current API. So in order for you to publish this on the store, you have to blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I haven't published that app on the store for like 10 years, Google. I don't care. But I still, the point is, I'm still getting these emails that say your app is not going to be compatible with Android. Right. Unless you do this. So if you want to keep selling it, blah, 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 blah. So that's a possibility. You know, if a game company goes bottoms up, 
and they get that yeah. notification and they don't update it, then Google could turn it off of the store. Well, and if they would or, release or it, Apple. if they would yeah. release like, like I'm going to use Journeys of Middle Earth because that's the one I've, I've spent money on. A lot of money. I bought every expansion. If they would release, if they decided to shut the app down and they released uh, a PDF of a, a paper version of the game so it's no longer randomized. So it's like episode one, mission one, this is your map. This is how you're going to use it. That would be, a, that would be okay. I could live with that. And they, they wouldn't even have to wait for the game to go belly up to do that. Mm -hmm. But if they ever posted that, I'd get real worried. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, Oh no, uh -oh. lock is ticket. We're about to play. close their doors. We got to play every expansion four times. <laughs> so, so to kind of put a bow on all of this, you know, we talked about some of the good things about it, some of the things that we don't like about it. Um, I think, Jason, you made a point in here, and Dan, you reiterated it, and so I'm going to kind of like make this sort of a final point, which is um, these app-driven board games are not the silver bullet of gaming that I think some people thought that they would be. Um, I think that if you go into it thinking of this is just another aspect of board gaming, that this is just a different kind of a board game that you can play, that you're going to be happy with it and that you'll be okay with it. Um, and I think you need to go into it eyes wide open, knowing is this game going to function if the app goes away or not? You know, And if you say, yes, it is, but I'm still willing to do it because I want to play that game, awesome. You're going to be happy with it for however long it is, right? Um, just because you because you know what it is, but let me ask you this, guys. Just the closing question. Um, you go out, you see a game, you know, that's similar to a Descent or Journeys in Middle Earth, like not exactly the same that that we kind of see with them, but you know, one that's an app driven game. Are you seriously looking at getting it? What do you think? Who's going? Would you would you be willing to drop two hundred dollars to bring that game home? Because that's about how much they're going to cost you nowadays. Um, do, do you have an opinion, Jason? I I don't have a specific opinion because it depends on so many different things that entice okay. me towards a game. Anyways, the art, the you know, the setting, the the gameplay mechanics itself. Uh, it's not a turn off. I'll say this: it's not a turn off for me if a game does not have an app. If a game does have an app, it makes me pause. Mm, okay. To think, how what does this app do to augment the gameplay? And then I inevitably immediately ask myself the question, do I have to have the app to play the game? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think I can answer that. First of all, I want to say that Dungeon Crawl, because this is where we started, the Dungeon Crawl or in some ways Mansions of Madness is a Dungeon Crawl too. It's just it's more horror-based. Yeah. I think that genre lends itself really well to a combat-based randomized map situation. It's just, it's a really good peanut butter and jelly fit. Mm -hmm. um, they, it, it, it's good. I don't think in many of the best board games, I would scratch my head to say, well, would how would you possibly want it? In, integrate an app yes or no i'm happy moon rakers figured out a way to like dial up their co-op to 11 and make it a more make the core game more interesting by adding the app um but for me um uh see i could have bought descent uh legends of the dark that's 175 dollars msrp mm -hmm. i think it came up four or five months ago for 89 dollars 
Did it really? And I, and I still passed on it. I was like, ugh, ugh. Yeah, I don't think this sold nearly as well as the Descent Second Edition did. No, and they have they're coming they have a pre-order for the Betrayer's War expansion and that's a pre-order for $160 to add to oh Legends gosh. of the Dark. Um it's like a whole new game. I I, I can't uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I I'm kind of glad I didn't buy into it because I need to get more use out of the one game I've already, because one, what is the other thing is with journeys of middle earth, you buy the expansion box for $70 or a mini box for $25. Oh, and then you have to go into the app and spend eight or nine or $10 on the digital content mm-hmm. on top of that. And so there's all the, there's a hidden cost there, which I do because I'm a sucker and I'm a completist, you know? <laughs> so no, I, I think actually um, going forward I for me, uh, if we're going to do a dungeon crawler, I'm okay with a human being mm-hmm. being on the other side of it. I, I I do think I'm with Jay. I think the app is is a bit of a a turn off. The mm-hmm. the gloss is kind of off. I still want to have a Journeys of Middle Earth day, and I want to go through two or three of the scenarios I've never played with a group of guys. I'd rather do that than play by myself at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. You know, to figure out <laughs> what's <laughs> Right, exactly. There's a great SNL skit called The Players With Yourselves Club. So we'll Google <laughs> that. It's really funny. They're making a joke on the, the casino players club, but it's not the same thing. And and um, I, 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 yeah, uh, because I just know too much. Of, uh, the, the app is not as much of a selling point to get me on board anymore. Yeah, it, it is. I'm with you. Um, like I said, I always ask my myself, can I play this without the app? But if someone says, Hey, come on over, I got this board game. This kind of, I'm like, all right, I'm there. It's yeah. like, I don't have a problem. It's, it sounds fun and it can be fun. Um, yeah. but it does make me question my investment. Yeah. Uh, question whether I will invest uh, mm-hmm. into something. Unless there can, somebody can come up with a new paradigm that eliminates all the, all the risk. Right. Or most of the risk or 98% of the risk that we feel right now because there's so for instance, for X-Wing, they decided to not print points on any of the X-Wing 2.0 stuff. They said, Mm -hmm. Nope, we're putting, doing a companion app. We can adjust points every week if we want to. Mm -hmm. So there's no points on the cards. Well, they decided the third party apps were better than their app. So they just stopped developing it. So now the game is dependent on them putting out a PDF <laughs> and the yep. app developers slurping in the data, maybe hand jamming yep. the data, maybe Ugh. getting it right. Yeah. I, I Sounds like make, Gollum Arcana all over again. I can't man. make this stuff up. This is this yeah. is the real deal. So yeah, digital game, digital. It, it, it's, uh, they haven't figured out a way to monetize it, to pay developers to do it into infinitum. That's the real problem. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah, it's just my opinion. Well, good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. We went Very a lot good. longer on that than I thought I would. I, I thought we'd be done <laughs> 20, yeah. 27 minutes ago. Well, if you are interested in it, um, give us a, just a quick recommendation. What's the game that you would tell somebody? If somebody's like, I'm dying to play one of these games, I'm willing to drop $200. What's the game that you would uh, point them to? 
Um, I, I would point people towards Descent Legends of the Dark. It's right. MSR. It's sale. Per, you can find it online for $140. It's a very large box with a lot of cool minis and great components for $140. It's a pretty solid value. And because it's the last one that a certain company put out, it will probably be the last one to be abandoned. Yeah. So it has it has more years on its in its life cycle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I would the newer the better. Or or no, no, I no, actually let me retract that recommendation. I would say get a game that's completely standalone that also has an app as an optional add-on. Okay. And it doesn't matter what it is. Would what what, what right. would that be? Like a uh, Gloomhaven? Yeah, maybe probably Gloomhaven. Yeah. A Gloomhaven, which which you could use the app or not. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. I think I think descent would be fine. Um, did all the all the expansions have come out for Journeys in Middle Earth, right? They're not doing any more. Yeah, they've had some very nice large expansions. They've had two huge expansions and four mini expansions, and they've uh, they've put out uh, missions to go with every expansion. So I mean, I nice. would say I would say based on my play of Descent and based on my play of Journeys in Middle Earth, I like Journeys of Middle Earth better. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the setting of middle earth right better than the descent setting so if that's what you're into that's what i would point you to right yeah Yeah. i don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon it's sold way more copies than i think legends of the dark did so there's probably a way bigger install base but they they can't get any more money out of us yeah that's That's the scary part jason what would you recommend you have a recommendation if you're just if you want an app based game and you've got money, Return to Dark Tower is a great one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh cool. yeah, that one has a giant plastic tower that sits in the middle yeah. of the board and drops stuff on your dudes. Drops skulls. Yep. Skulls. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. that's legit. It's, that's it's way more game. interactive. Yeah. yeah, that's a fun game. That's a good nice. one. I'd recommend. And the minis are fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I, I I don't know. I don't know what to recommend because I don't own it. My neighbor does. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't know how solid that app will be in several years, but yeah, it's pretty sweet. Nice. All right. Well, hopefully all of our listeners got some good uh, pointers and tips in, in listening to this. And um, I'm sure that we've got some of our listeners that are probably enraged at some of the things that we said about their poor descent game. Uh, or, tell us, we want to hear it. Yeah, we do. We do post it in our discord chat. Let us know, or let us know on Facebook. We have our tabletop and beyond Facebook page. Again, that's facebook.com slash tabletop and beyond. We also have our tabletop and beyonders group where I think it's a little bit more interactive on Facebook there where you can post memes and, you know, talk a little bit more. Um, And then follow us on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash tabletop and beyond. So we're there. We are around. Let us know what you think. And as always, thank you for listening and keep the dice rolling. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks, guys. Au revoir.